Good evening, Sports Zodians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Aglialoro. I am your host for this is Sports Zone. Recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. We got a good show for you tonight. We will be joined by Dave Hastings and Eric Tressler in a matter of moments here. And I do want to thank everybody for listening to us on all our various podcasting outlets. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. Always thank you guys for listening to us no matter how you listen to us. Don't forget if you like what you hear here rate subscribe do all the things uh help to show out always appreciate that like i said dave hastings eric tressler did forget to mention eric pfeiffer who should be joining us as well all in a matter of moments here we got a lot to talk about tonight week one of the nfl season is officially in the books we got a lot to talk about there the giants start their season off on a good foot uh a very nice final drive on their part Ends in a Daniel Jones uh, passing touchdown. They go for two. They uh, get the two-point conversion on the back of Saquon Barkley. Randy Bullock of the Tennessee Titans misses a field goal in the waning seconds of the game. And the Giants come out 21-20. First time over 500 and first time winning a week one game since 2016. And the Cowboys... Uh, let's just say the exact opposite. Not only did they lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but Dak Prescott suffered an inju- injury on his right thumb. He had surgery on Monday. Uh, right now, the initial prognosis was six to eight weeks out. Jerry Jones said earlier today he is hoping to have him back in four. Either way, not a good game, not a good thing. And with that, Dave Hastings is here tonight. Dave, how you doing? Oh, uh, you know, other than the fact that I had to get brought into the show to hear you talking about that, not too bad. I can't help timing. <laughs> uh, now that is out of your control, my friend. Yep. But we might as well start there. Um, I don't, th- and I'll be honest, I did not watch a lot of this game. I know the Cowboys looked pretty good on that first drive, I thought. Not perfect, but they were at least moving the ball. I know after that, they got pretty stagnant. The Tampa Bay defense really shut them down as evidence for the fact that the only points they scored was the field goal on that first drive. Tampa Bay couldn't really get too much going either. They only had one touchdown and four field goals, I believe. So it's not exactly like Tampa Bay did so much better. The big blow coming out of this game is the fact that Dak Prescott is out for at least a month here. I mean, you got that. You got the fact that they lost their leading tackler from last year for two to four weeks. They lost their starting left guard for two to four weeks. So, uh, yeah, an abysmal performance by the offense. Piled on salt in the wound with the injuries to some key players. And uh, needless to say, it was a – very disappointing start to the season for uh, for the Cowboys, but when it's all said and done, if you've been following them all off season, they basically set themselves up for this experience, and 
now Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones are reaping what they sowed. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. They didn't get any depth or help at the offensive line position. And now you see that problem. They didn't do anything to replace Amari Cooper. Now you see that problem. They didn't do anything free agent-wise, really, to bolster the defense. Now you see that problem. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, they needed to save their cap space, but all they're really doing is trying to play the long game and, you know, make sure they're, oh, we got to have money for digs, we got to have money for Parsons, like, blah, 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 blah. But, like, I don't know, man. Last I checked, I watched the Rams sign Aaron Don- give Aaron Donald extension, give Matthew Stafford an extension, give Jalen Ramsey an extension, bring in free agents, do this, that, and the other thing. And, uh, yeah, they figured out a way to make it work. So, I mean, honestly, at this point, I'm starting to become the Cowboy fan that's leaning more towards the concept that Jerry Jones just cares more about money than actual Super Bowls, and he just tells you he cares about Super Bowls so that you think he's willing to do what he wants, uh, what he has to do to win one. But I really don't think he actually gives a shit. Doesn't really look that way. And year in and year out, I mean, you mentioned the Rams, and we talked about it when that Donald extension happened. It does seem like just about every team in football is able to find a way to maneuver around the salary cap to not only keep key pieces, but to add new ones except the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants, which we'll talk about in a little while when Eric joins us here. So, yes, you you highlighted all the problems. And now, the on top of all that, Dak Prescott out for at least a month, likely two, despite what Jerry Jones said earlier today. And yet another problem that the Cowboys always seem to have in a situation like this I'm not saying that other teams prepare in terms of having backup quarterbacks. What I am saying is given the Cowboys history over the last decade, when their starting quarterback goes down, they never have a plan B. And just about any time that the starting quarterback misses a significant amount of time, it's a lost season. And Dave, I mean, we talked about this many times over the offseason. I came into this season for all the reasons you just named. Not very hopeful. Uh, towards this season. The fact that they had an easy schedule kind of um, put aside some of the reservations I have. Here's the fact, though. If Dak Prescott misses two months and we have to go two months with a combination of Cooper Rush and Will Greer at quarterback, in addition to everything you just talked about, uh, this season's over. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, I hate that. I, I, like... It almost like you feel like uh, almost feel like a Jets fan. Um, yeah, you know, after week one, you're like, oh my god! And like, look, I mean, we all know week one. Like outside of what the Chiefs and the Bills, any reaction you have to week one is probably an overreaction, one way or the other. True. Um, you know, Cooper Rush stepped in last year and won a huge Sunday night game on the road against a good Minnesota team. Um, not saying he's a, you know, he's definitely not one of the better backups in the league, but he's shown he can go out there and win, and, you know, win in a big game. So, I mean, I will give him that. But, uh, you know, last year they had a a healthy offensive line when he played last year, they had a healthy defense when he played, like, I don't know. I mean, it's really, 
Like, I'm, I don't want to sit here and act like the sky is falling because there's still literally 16 games left and anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you lose your starting quarterback in, in week – and, like, let's, let's be honest here. Like, before Dak got injured, he was, like, 11 of – or, like, 16 of, like, 29 – I think for like 130 yards and no touchdowns and interception, like a QBR below 20, like, so it's not like he was playing good, you know? So like for all, you know, for how much, you know, Cowboys fan want want to try to put blinders on, like he was part of the reason Dallas was losing that game. Um, He was not helping them win. That's for sure. Um, I don't know. Whatever happened to Kellen Moore, basically ever since that Denver game last year where they got spanked by the Broncos at home, that offense has looked average at best. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I, it, it was a very disappointing uh, Sunday night game. It was very disappointing to wait all day to watch your team play and watch, you know, see the crap that they put out there. Um, but defensively, they held their own. They, they, they hung tight. They, they, you know, Micah Parsons is yeah. just a freak of human nature. I, I mean, there's no other way to say it. Um, but, uh, you know, defensively, I, I was cool with how they played. I thought they played a good game defensively. But when you ask your defense to be out there that much, you know, and, and they're going out. They, they get a stop. They force a punt. They hold them to a field goal. And then your offense goes out there three and out, three and out, three and out. Like, at some point or another, they're going to break. Like, I, I'm not even mad at the defense. Like, you can't be. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they gave up 19 points to the Bucks. I mean, God, like, I'm not going to be upset about that. Like, if you told me going into the game, Dallas's defense would have held them to 19, I would be like, and Dallas is probably going to win that game 21-19. Mm. Like, if you told me they were going to hold Tampa Bay to 19, I would have told you Dallas was going to win that game. So one touch, one touchdown they gave up. Rest was field goals. Couldn't ask for more out of them. And by the way, speaking of touchdowns, Dallas is the only club out of all 32 clubs to not mm. score a fucking touchdown. That's uh, that's pretty bad because that includes the Jets. Exactly. So, yeah. So I mean, and then you know. Insult to injury, every team in the NFC East won. There's really yeah. no – outside of that defense, there's literally no positive thing that you can take out of the Cowboys for week one experience. There's none. Mm-hmm. Like, All right, defense looked pretty damn good. I mean, hell, they tested uh, Trayvon Diggs a couple times. He made some big stops. That touchdown to Mike Evans. I mean, come on, like. I don't care what corner was on him. That was an amazing catch, and I'm not going to knock Trayvon Diggs for not being able to stop that play. I mean, that was absurd. So, mm-hmm. like, when it's all said and done, like, I mean, I, I, I don't know what else you can ask from him. Also, do you want to talk about a reminder of one of the stupid blunders Dallas made during the offseason? Look how great Julio Jones looked. Imagine if they signed him and paired him up with C.D. Lamb and the other option. That would have gave him. Like, I, I mean, would have been pretty good. Uh, there's just so much to it that you're like, you just got, it's like, you got to be kidding me, but <laughs> it's week one. The sky hasn't fallen yet. They got a rough road ahead. They got an angry Bengals team going to Dallas. Then, you know, you might be walking into MetLife stadium and playing a two and O giants team who hosts uh, the Carolina Panthers this Sunday. Um, you know, but like they, they're not, 
they're not set up in a good spot for them to be able to sit there and say, hey, like, we can still salvage this season and pull off a playoff spot because the way the season, the way week one went, they, they have already a bigger hill to climb than they did before the, before week one started. Yeah. And I thought it was a big enough hill to climb as it was. I didn't think we needed that hill to go any higher, but here we are. So I think with that, obviously we'll save the Giants talk until Eric gets here, but we could start looking at some other games from this week. Obviously, the week kicked off on Thursday night with Buffalo just dominating Los Angeles Rams by a score of 13 to 10. And I'll just run through the scoreboard real fast. New Orleans squeaks out a win over Atlanta 27 to 6. The Bears actually pull off a win over the 49ers 19 to 10. Pittsburgh beats that aforementioned Bengals team 23 to 20 in overtime. Philadelphia wins a high scoring contest against the Detroit Lions. Miami spanks New England. Tua is one of only two quarterbacks to be undefeated against Bill Belichick, both him. Oh, Dave, if you remember. Oh, John Elway, the only two quarterbacks in history, 4-0 against Bill Belichick. Uh, Baltimore spanks the Giants, uh, spanks the Jets 24-9. Washington defeats Jacksonville 28-22. Cleveland, last second field goal, beats Carolina in what was dubbed as Baker Mayfield's revenge game. Indiana knocked me out of my survivor pool by tying with the Houston Texans, which I am still not happy about. The Giants, as I said before you came on, last second field goal miss. Very nice final drive for um, Brian Dable's first game as the Giants head coach. Beats the Tennessee Titans 21-20. Minnesota shocks Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers has one of the worst games of his career. 23-7, Vikings beat the Packers. Kansas City dominates Arizona 44-21. The Chargers beat the Raiders 24-19. And then last night, the Monday night game, poor clock management on the part of the Broncos cost them as the Seahawks beat Russell Wilson and Denver 17-16. So I'll let you start. What stood out to you there, my friend? Well, I think the one big thing is kind of connecting with what I was saying before is that, you know, it's it's week one, so, you know, you can only take it so far. But, you know, you look at it in last year, Green Bay and Tennessee were the number one seeds in their respective conferences. And last year, Green Bay lost to New Orleans by 35 points. And Tennessee lost to uh, – who they lose to in week one last year? I don't know. They lost to somebody by 25 points, and they still both ended up with the number one seed. So – when it's all said and done, again, it's just week one. Um, but you know, a lot of first-year head coaches getting, uh, you know, getting getting a win in week one. Um, I think the Steelers-Bengals game was insanity. It was like nobody wanted to win that game. Um, I don't know what Pittsburgh's doing, playing off coverage on Jamar Chase at the two-yard line to let him score the game. What should have been the game-winning touchdown, but then. Mika Fitzpatrick comes through and blocks the extra point to force overtime, and people are missing field goals, and that game was insane. They got lucky as hell. It came out before both J.J. Watt and Najee Harris. Will, well, Najee Harris is expected to play on Sunday. J.J. Watt's probably going to miss about four to six weeks. Um, so, you know, what went from a bittersweet win turns into a win that you're like, all right, we can roll with that. Like, we can live with that. Um, so that game stuck out to me. 
Uh, I know everybody's all, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, look at Philly. We told you how good they were going to be. And I'm sitting here like they gave up 31 points to Detroit and needed to convert on a fourth and one to put the game away. So I'm sorry, I'm not going to get, you know, start riding the Eagles bandwagon when that's literally, you know, what they had to do. So that was, (laughs) I mean, good for them. You beat the Lions in Detroit, but at the same time, you had to go for it on fourth and one to actually beat the Lions. So, um, you know, so those games stuck out to me. The Houston Indy game, I mean, come on. Like, you got to be kidding me. Um, that, that was pretty sad. If, I, if I'm Indy, I'm extremely upset with that performance. Um, the guy who picked Indy to go to, uh, what, the conference finals? You're probably pretty upset with that one. Hey, they're Eric on last place in the conference. So, I'm just saying. Eric Tressler is here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing, Eric? Um, better than I guess the Jets and the Cowboys today. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a good place to start. Uh, Dave, would you mind taking over for a minute? I got a crisis going on real quick. Okay, sure. Uh, yep. Eric- no, so I'm guessing you guys are running down the games. I mean, listen, uh, the Bills game. Uh, let's just be honest; they look like the favorites to win it all. Rams came out flat, but to be expected after, you know, kind of, you know, coming off a Super Bowl win, sometimes those guys come out flat a little bit, happens. Um, saw it with Cincinnati, too, that they came out, just didn't look right against the Steelers team that they, they probably should have beaten um, and and didn't. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's another one where everybody might want to, like, you know, pump the brakes on the Joey B bandwagon. Um, you know, uh, the saints coming back in the fourth quarter down 16 to win that game over the Falcons stuck out to me. Um, Eagles lines again, week one is always such a crapshoot too, because teams are still figuring out who they are, who they want to be. You know, it, it, this isn't a finished product yet until you get past like week three or four, then you really can start to see the teams that are going to form and, you know, who's going to be at the top, who's not. So I don't put a ton of stock into week one, but at the same time, fuck yeah. My Giants get a big win. Only a second time in the last 12 seasons they've started the season with a win. Um, so it just seemed different. Them going for it on fourth down seemed different, um, seemed real, uh, and put life back in the team. It really did. Um, so you guys know me by now. If If – I crushed the judge hire. I crushed Gettleman. I'm not crushing Dayball right now, and I'm not crushing Shane. Uh, and I think these guys came in as kind of a duo, a pair. I think they're starting to right the ship here in New York. It might take them a couple seasons to fully do it. But, I mean, this win here and with the way Barkley played and, and the way the team was fired up with the coach and, you know, the way coach was like, hey, you guys want to go for this? I want to go for this. And the team's like, fuck yeah. Captain's like, fuck yeah, I think that that's awesome. Um, and and such a great start to the season for the Giants. And even as a Giants fan, just happy to see him finally get a win week one. You just feel good, even if it's just for a week. Let's just feel good for a minute. like, And it feels good. We're doing all right. Um, other than that, uh, Tua, only the second quarterback, or ties Elway, I guess I should say, as the quarterbacks with the most wins and no losses against Bill Belichick at four. Uh, Elway also was 4-0 and against Belichick. Tua is now 4-0 and against Belichick. I believe they've only won two of the last 12 times in Miami, 
when they've traveled there. So it really hasn't been good traveling for them to Miami. Um, again, I think that that's just uh, – you're going to have a better Dolphins team this year and the Patriots are probably going to end up third in that division is the way I really pretty much see it. Uh, Ravens kicked crap out of the Jets. Not much to talk about there. Commanders-Jaguars was a close toilet bowl, much like we all thought it would be. Um, you know, uh, the Browns, I, I'm not even going to talk about them. Fuck them. Fuck the Sean Watson. And fuck their, like, elf is a fucking logo. I don't even know if I'm talking. If Dave, if you can hear me, if anybody can hear me. But what the fuck is that fucking logo? Like, I'm sorry to be cursing so much, but when you see the Keebler fucking elf in the middle of the field, you're like, what do you do? You get kicked out of the treehouse? I don't understand. How do you end up on the 50-yard line here? And I guess it's something to throw back to somebody whose nickname or I have no idea where the fuck they pulled this from. So, I mean, you think of the dog pound, if anything, you think of the Browns or you think of a big pile of shit. Like uh, you could have gave me a hundred guesses and I don't think I would have came up with Elf as, as, as any of them. Like, what a fucking joke that is. I don't know if you got any thoughts on that, Dave, but what a fucking pathetic joke that, 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 that that's going to be on a 50 yard line. Yeah, that 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 one blew me. Like when you, I think you sent that to us earlier in the day, and I thought it was a joke. Like that I didn't fight back. Say, yeah, no, fight send that, and I thought it was a joke too. And I looked it up, and I'm like, no, that that's for real. And I heard somebody earlier trying to explain it that it's like in not memorandum, but like in the you know the gist or in the spirit of a former. I don't know if it was a player or coach or owner or whoever it was that had this nickname or something and i'm sure that you know we could get more research on it and follow up on the story at a later date i'm sure it's not the only time we're going to talk about the elf all season so and i mean how do you go from the browns to the elves i don't understand i don't understand the correlation here like i i don't know it's hurting my brain a little (laughs) um other than that, uh, Chiefs kicked the crap out of the Cardinals. Uh, I, I think it could be over for – I know Kyler Murray just got that big deal, but I, I think Cliff Kingsbury's on his way out the door. If they don't have a winning season and if they don't make it to the playoffs and make some kind of run, I think he's the next to be gone because, uh, you know, otherwise, you know, you're going to waste all of Kyler Murray's career and they're going to literally go nowhere. Um, Chargers beat the Raiders in a close game. I think that's going to be a close division all year. Um, and the Bucks uh, beat the Cowboys, who uh, the only team this this week not to score a touchdown. Um, I'll just say that. I'll throw that in there. Tom Brady didn't seem like, you know, him and the Giselle rumors messed with his game too much, and uh, they, they won it kind of comfortably. And then last night, can we talk about – did you watch the game, Dave, last night? Did you see the end of that game? Like the fourth quarter, did you just catch the highlight of it? Uh, I, ju- I just caught the highlights. I was uh, out having dinner with somebody. It was, I, I got to tell you, one of the great broadcasts, and, I, and somebody else summed it up perfectly earlier today. I think I was listening to the K-Show or something earlier today. And they were like, because I was watching it with the Manning cast. So it was Manning, it was Peyton, Eli, but then they had on Shannon Sharp. And it was literally like you were sitting in a room like with all your buddies watching the game. Because they're all just sitting there going, how are they not calling a timeout? Timeout, 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 timeout. Like, they're sitting there screwed. There's like 50 seconds to go. And instead, they ran the clock down to 20 seconds before calling it and then set it up for a shitty-ass field goal. It made no sense whatsoever. They had 50 seconds and three timeouts. 
I know it was fourth and five, but you went out and spent all that muscle money on Russell Wilson. And the fact that Russell Wilson wasn't kicking the coach and, and screaming and yelling, saying, I want the ball. Give me the ball. The fact that he was just like, yeah, sure. No, God, send in a kicker. Like I, the whole thing seemed really weird enough. And to try a 64, to set it up for a 64 yard. And I know you're up in mile high. I know the guy's got a big leg. I know he could probably make it on a 50, 50 basis, but why are you going to put that chance there? For me, I'm putting the ball in Russell Wilson's hand, fourth and five. I'm going to say, get us the five yards. Let's get a little bit closer and make this a little bit easier of a shot. 64 yards are a bit ridiculous when you have 50 seconds and three timeouts. I mean, oh, yeah. I, to me, it was complete mismanagement. Why, why in God's green earth are you going to trade for Russell Wilson, all those picks and players, give them all that money, and then – for the exact reason you traded for Russell Wilson, not trust Russell Wilson. It makes absolutely no sense. Like literally none. And worse, and, and even worse than that, like Eric, you mentioned up in Mile High, they were actually in Seattle, which is one of the windiest and craziest places in the in the. Oh, I, I forgot. I forgot. For a second, I, for, I thought it was in Denver. Yeah, like if it was in Denver, maybe you got a little more justification to try it. But I mean, you've got it. Like that was one of the stupidest things I ever saw. And like you said. I, wa- I saw the highlight, like, they're, like, farting around, trying to figure out what they're going to do. Then they finally line up with, like, six seconds left on the play clock. And you're like, all right, well, were you waiting to see what personnel that, you know, that Seattle brought out on the field before you called a play? Like, what were you doing that entire 30 seconds where you didn't call a timeout and say, hey, well, if we kick a field goal and we make it, Big whoop. They got, you know, 45 seconds left. Like, I would like to think our defense can stop them. But instead, let's burn 30 seconds so that we can just then go. I, there, there's no rationale to it. It was definitely a rookie rookie mistake by a rookie head coach um, and definitely a life lesson for him. And I think you're spot on. That's a moment where Russell Wilson's got to put his foot down and be like, dude, this is the exact reason I left Seattle. Like, I came here to have control over shit, and I am not fucking getting off this field. Like, we're going or like get the hell out of here that that was that was insanity to me and that's something that like if you're a Denver, Denver fan, fan and you, and you miss the playoffs by one game you miss a wild card spot by one game you're always going to come back and think of this week one loss to, to Seattle in a game that they really should have definitely won they were they're the best Geno fucking Smith started you're going to let Gino – now, granted, Gino is a career backup, and he's done uh, great for himself as a career backup. But but he's not a starter. And his he's line, not very his, good. His post-game interview, though, was money. He's like, they wrote me off. I just never wrote back. That's one of the greatest lines I've ever heard anybody say in an interview. I thought that was awesome. I was very – I was quite impressed. With Listen, that the statement. guy, the guy's got a ton of heart. And that was again, from the Manning cast. No, they were talking about Eli was talking about how, listen, he's in the league still because he could do this, that, and the other thing. Like he knows how to read this defense and he knows how to do that. And that's the shit that keeps him in the league. Like, Eli specifically said that. Cause I believe he was the one that took the starting job from Eli when they benched Eli. <laughs> so, yeah, when they, fucked, when they fucked up his starting streak and then let him start the next week, like assholes. Yeah, exactly. For no fucking reason. But uh, but he, he actually had a lot of nice things to say about G- about Gino and why Gino's still in the league and still playing, you know, at a high level in the league. You know, obviously, as a starter, you're, you're one of only 32 guys who got that position. So it's got to say something. But at the same time, 
that's a team that Russell Wilson, you've got to come in with a chip on your shoulder. That's your former team. That's the team that's been wanting to trade you. They finally traded you. The fans boo you right out of the gate. Like, they didn't even waste any time starting to boo Russell Wilson. Like, and the fact that you couldn't muster up the motivation, even in the fourth quarter, there to go up to the coach and be like, coach, I need that ball. Don't, don't let him kick this. Well, send me back out there. Like the fact that like he didn't have that hunger, he was more than content just hanging out, hanging his hat on the sideline and seeing what happened with the field goal. You know, that to me is like, that, that's not why you went out and traded for this guy. It's not why you went out and spent the money to sign him to the contract you signed him to, you know, he, I, I don't know. To me, he's, he's got to step up a little more, but this is totally, I can't even blame Russell Wilson. No, this is on the coaching staff. This is on Hackett himself because uh, how, how do you how do you fumble the end of this game that way? That many timeouts left, that much to go, like that much, like and to just waste it. I mean, it just ah. Uh, and then, like I said, uh, the best part about it was that watching that man in catch because it literally was like you were watching it with your friends on the couch. And they were all screaming the same stuff that you're screaming at the TV. They're yelling at two going, what are they doing? Like, what? why aren't they calling a timeout? Why aren't they putting in Russell Wilson's head? Why aren't they doing this? You're Shannon Sharp killing Denver. To hear Peyton kind of killing Denver in that way. When really all game long, he was trying to heap praise on Denver. Um, he couldn't help but, like, kill him in that in, the, in that scenario. And, I mean, really, if 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 – you, like you said it perfectly. If they come back and they miss this postseason by one game and they're on the outside looking in, they're going to look back to this week one where they completely blew it. And it, it's on them. And, I mean, listen, kudos to Seattle for coming out hyped, coming out pumped. They were the ones who came out with the energy that Russell should have came out with. I know Russell Wilson had a lot of drops in the first half. I know that there were some catchable balls that Denver wasn't making. Um, but at the same time, it, it was not the Russell Wilson performance that I think Denver was really hoping for when they when they signed him. Now, granted, first game, I think it'll get better for Denver as the season goes on, but this one will definitely sting a little bit. Um, but yeah, yeah, that I, I mean that that one was um, that whole experience was dumbfounding. I guess is maybe the best word, um, but like. You look at that game. I mean, you look at a lot of games. I mean, there was more games this what first do you think about? What do you think about the updated news Jerry Jones gave on Dak? Uh, Can I say something? Can I, I? I'm sorry to cut you off, Dave. Can I say something real quick about that Denver? Sure. Okay. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett made Denver wish they had Jason Garrett as their head coach with the way he managed that clock. I'm sorry. I wanted to throw that in. Go ahead, Dave. No, I was uh, no, it was me, but I was just gonna ask him, and that was a great point by you, Mike, because it really is like, like it's it's a coaching blunder, the 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 likes of uh, you know uh, the the worst out there, uh, in my opinion. That's horrible. I mean, uh, horrible, horrible. Yeah. So um, that being said, though, uh, I did want to see you now that you're back too, Mike. I'll get your opinion on it as well. Did you guys see the updated news that Jerry Jones, I guess, came out with? saying that Dak isn't going to miss the six to eight weeks. Apparently, he thinks Dak could be back in four or less. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about that. Play. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit before you came on, but uh, we could talk about it again. Dave, if you want to go, go ahead. 
I mean, I'll keep it short, sweet, and simple. All Jerry's trying to do is keep Cowboys fans interested so he can keep making his money because that's all he actually cares about. So you think he's actually out six eight and no no questions about it? One hundred percent. If he comes back, he comes back the week before their bye, which is week nine. If they're smart, they hold him out until after the bye, which is week uh, week ten. Yeah, and all I really got to throw in is, um, I mean, we already thought this was going to be a long season and the schedule would be the only saving grace. Him missing two months, that's that's pretty bad. That's going to be bad. But we don't we don't really have to talk too much about that. You get the um, softer I, part of the schedule later in the year, though, the Cowboys, I think. Well, yeah, that's good. I, that, you know what it makes me think of? Something you said uh, – said the other day about how the Giants are going to play themselves out of a top pick to get their franchise quarterback. Really all that softer schedule to me with how I expect things to go with what I saw on Sunday night and Dak being out, Tyron Smith being out. They lost their starting left guard for two to four weeks. They lost their leading tackler from last season for two to four weeks and Javon Kurz. Honestly, what they're going to end up doing is they'll probably end up running the table with like, you know, five, six wins in the year, still miss the playoffs, but play themselves out of a top 10 pick and bringing in a guy that, you know, could really be a huge difference maker for them. Uh, I, I disagree a little bit because the Giants have to go after a franchise quarterback. You guys have proven, proven with a guy like Micaiah Parsons, you don't have to draft inside of the top 10 to get a difference maker, especially in certain positions. So, but disagree I, with you a little never, bit there on why I think the Giants have to be closer to the top of the draft than the Cowboys do. Eric, in all, in all fairness, though, how many years are we going to be able to count on someone like Dave Gettleman trading out of that spot and handing Michael Parsons to us? I, I hope not with this new scenario with the Giants anyway, but there are plenty of dumbass yeah. teams out there. I mean, the Browns do stupid shit all the time. Go and talk to well, the Jets. They'll probably do something stupid. You know, I got, there's a million teams out there that'll do something stupid. I, I yeah, but you can't you can't count on gifts from God. Is all I'm saying. That was a gift from no, God. I'm, just, on that I'm one. just saying though yeah. that you could, there are there, there are picks outside of the top ten that make differences though. So don't count that out. And I will still uh, listen as high as I am on the Giants right now. And I think their ceiling could be as high as ten wins now with this with this. I still think they're a seven-win team, but I think they could go as high as 10. I'm, I'm starting to get a little excited. But at the same time, the Cowboys are still going to end up with a better record. The Cowboys are still going to end up in a better position to possibly be a, make it to the playoffs than the Giants will. This was a great week one. They have to build on it, but they're still not a great team, and they didn't win this game convincingly. So I'm going to hold my breath. Uh, and like I said, I'm pumped about week one. I'm pumped about the direction. But at the same time, I even have to pump the brakes a little bit and realize Giants team isn't isn't more talented than that Cowboy team or the Eagle team. They're probably just as talented, if not more, a little bit. You know, probably just as talented as the Commanders. But uh, we're, we're not where the Eagles and the Cowboys are right now as far as talent. Um, and well, I'm, let me I'm, let I'm, me I'm, ask you a question. Yeah. Let me ask you a question real quick. And for the record, I, I I apologize if I came in and I threw off you guys' flow. I I had a situation no, no, I was fine. dealing you're with, fine. and I I thank you both for allowing me to handle that, Dave. Thank you for stepping in on that one. But Eric, I, I got a question for you here because I everything you just said about the Giants, it was a great Week One win for you guys and everything. 
What'd you think about Dable, that video in the locker room, him dancing with the players and rapping or whatever he was doing? Uh, I, I, I don't it. know if how that is. If you watch, if you watch the Manning cast last night, they had on uh, Saquon Barkley and Barkley yeah. loved it. Barkley okay. gave his dancing and his rapping an eight out of 10. Said that he knew all the <laughs> words, that he, that he was way better than he ever expected him to be. And that he loves it and he looks forward to a lot more dancing the rest of the year. And you know what? That's something I like to hear because coming out of the locker room, you want to know how the players feel about something like that. Granted, it's only week one and whatever else, but Saquon seemed to be enjoying it. Um, he also was enjoying the fact that he got fed the rock and, and was able to feed a little bit on Sunday too. Um, I think more of that's going to continue this year. And if he has a good year, you know, that only means good things for the Giants. Um but, you know, I love it. I love the fact that he went to the captains pretty much and was like, I want to go for it on fourth down. What do you guys want? You know, and they were everybody was like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like that's that's the type of energy you want to bring to a team. That's not the type. That's the exact energy that he brought to the Giants that Hackett sucked out of the fucking uh, out of the stadium last night with the Seahawks, um, with the Broncos. When he pulled Russell Wilson off the field, and sent in the kicker for a 64-yard try. It was the exact opposite, where Dable pumped the team up and said, oh, yeah, we're going for this, and we're going to get it. Everybody was fired up, two-point conversion. Boom. Excitement. Everybody's heads explode. Hackett instead deflated the whole sidelines by pulling Wilson off and trying a 64-yarder. It was the exact opposite approach, had the exact opposite reaction, and I think Hackett's hearing it this morning for it, where Dable is getting praised on the other side. So, again, too early to praise anybody or anoint anybody after week one. But at the same time, does seem like there's a different energy with the team right now. It does seem like there's a different focus with the team. And uh, like I said, they're going to be a team of tryhards this year. And just trying hard sometimes, we'll, sometimes unless you're Detroit, equal win. So, well, for the, uh, for the record, like that was the reason for my question, because I was just wondering if it was too early for him to be dancing and celebrating like that, or if it's just there's been such a cloud hanging over the Giants that this was just a release. You know what I mean? This, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was a release. It's just, you know, I think he's just happy. He got his first win. Happy, you know, start to turn the tide with the team. But, yeah, I don't know. To me, we still have a backup quarterback starting, though. And until that changes, I just don't see this team as a championship team or a playoff you, team. You, but you want to trade? I'll give you Cooper Rush right now. I'd take him. I'd, I'd take <laughs> Cooper. I mean, listen, you got to take Kenny Galladay back, though, too. You get Daniel Jones and Kenny Galladay. We'll, give, we'll take Cooper Dave, Rush. Dave, what do you say? What do you say? I think I might make that. I mean, Cooper Rush and Noah Brown for Daniel Jones and uh, Galladay, I'd take that trade. There you go. I don't want that Brown guy. You keep the Brown guy. I just want to – I, I think Rush. Brown showed something, truthfully. I wouldn't mind keeping him. Give, give like, the third or fourth guy up. No, none of them are good. Even C.D. Lamb is not a true number one. And he's 11 targets, only two catches, three drops. Stop. Yeah, Dallas has a, a shitload of issues to work to work through. Can they do it? Of course you can. Like I said before, it's week one. Sky's not falling for the teams that lost, and none of the teams that won are raising the Lombardi Trophy this week. So when it's all said and done, but 
there's definitely a lot of issues in Dallas that they need to figure out. The Giants, you, you got to – the key now is riding the, the, the high and the momentum and, and, you know, having a team like Carolina come into your home stadium for a week two game and then you, you, you host Dallas – in a week three game without Prescott, like the Giants really could set themselves up to start three and zero, um, or even two and one. Which um, Eric, I'm sure you and every other Giant fan out there would have told you that you were crazy to think they'd start two and one at best. One and two, you were probably aiming for. Over the last five years, we haven't started a season better than like zero and three. I think so. Um, yeah, I'll take any win right now. I'll take just this mm. win. If we go one and two, it's better than what we've done over the last five years. So I'm, uh, I'm just excited for the win. I really am. I'm going to, uh, hope that it continues. I think they play what the Panthers this coming week. Yep. You're, uh, you're, home, you're home against Carolina, then home against Dallas. Those are your next two games. Mm. Yeah. I honestly think we lose the Dallas game. I think we win the Panthers game. I am not. I, I I am not hopeful right now. But hey, congrats to you, you guys. First, I, I'm sure you guys said this when I was off. But um, first time over 500 since 2016. First week one win since 2016. So congrats to you guys. Congrats. Um, hey. did you go ahead, Dave? Oh, and that that was the other thing, Eric. You didn't get on here when uh when I said you weren't on yet when I said this before, but. The main reason why you can't overreact to a week one is think about it. Last year, Green Bay got blown out by New Orleans with Jameis Winston by 35 points. Tennessee got blown out by, I can't remember who, by 25 points. And those were your two number one seeds going into the playoffs. So week one only can carry so much weight. But like we were talking about with Denver, um, you know, you miss the playoffs by one game. Sometimes that week one game is what did you in. It's like the old adage from baseball. Every game you win in April is one less you got to win in September. So I think that's relevant. And with Denver, I mean, a loss like that, hopefully the stigma of it doesn't carry through the whole season for their sakes. Because, like, Eric, you brought up how deflating that was. That's just it. He could lose the locker room week one. Though. Yeah. Like, that's where yeah. the thing is. Like, Dable can gain a locker room. He could lose mm-hmm. the locker room week one. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, did we have anything else you guys want to bring up here? Anything I missed that maybe I might have some thoughts on? I don't know. I mean, honestly, can we just talk about the fact, like, the sp- the spanking Minnesota gave Green Bay, and more specifically, how out of sorts Aaron Rodgers looked with his wide receivers, and just how stupidly good Justin Jefferson is, or how bad like is Justin Jefferson that good, or was Green Bay's defensive game plan that fucking bad? Because that man was wide open every time he caught the ball. He never caught a challenge pass other than his one touchdown. Everything else, he was wide open, and I don't get how. You let one of the best wide receivers in the entire league just wander around free for an entire game. <laughs> so that that would be that's a game that really stuck out to me as well. And to think the Cowboys could have drafted him and instead drafted CeeDee Lamb. Well, I mean, there's a lot of teams that could have taken Justin Jefferson, and all things considered, I mean I'm just obviously saying for the teams that took wide receivers. 
you might have taken the wrong one. I, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong on that. I'm not disappointed in C.D. Lamb. It's not his fault they didn't re-sign the number one or they let the number one wide receiver go and thrust him into a position he might not be ready for yet. We knew that one was a mistake. I think the Packers are the ones who regret not trying to get Justin Jefferson more. Jordan Love, how's he doing? Uh, Jordan Love went well after Justin Jefferson. They picked after Justin Jefferson was gone. No, I'm, I'm saying trying to do something to move up to take Justin Jefferson. Wasn't it only like two or three picks after? It, close to that, I think. Yeah, so I'm saying they could have done something to do that. Like I, The point I'm making is like you brought up how out of sorts Rodgers was, and we, we talked about this before in relation to Justin Jefferson and the Packers. Again, you do nothing to give him weapons or anything. Alan Lazard's the only guy he really had some sort of rapport with. He he inactive for the game with an injury. Don't you think that like a time like now, Jordan Love's still the backup. Maybe instead of taking him, should have done something to try to get a guy like a Justin Jefferson. Probably would help right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's yeah. It. But that's what Aaron Rodgers was complaining about for so mm-hmm. long. The fact that they have these draft picks and they keep drafting them, you know, defensive guys or quarterbacks or whatever, they're not getting him any wide receiver hope. They're not getting him any help. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, bad loss. I will be honest, though. And, Dave, you might have brought this up, too. I'm not totally worried about Rodgers and Green Bay yet because I feel like we talked about this before. They they're known for starting off season slow. Like they've had a couple years over the last decade where they start off three and four and still wind up being the first seed in the playoffs. So like you said, Dave, I think it's a little too early to overreact on that. They looked fucking God awful that week though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, there's a lot of football left. I mean, every team still got 16 games. I mean, if Patrick Mahomes stays on his pace, the guy's going to throw, you know, I think it's 80, what was it, 85 touchdowns. Like, he's not throwing 85 touchdowns in the year. You know, if things <laughs> if everything goes the way week one went, Dallas won't score a touchdown all year long and they'll average three first downs a game. You know, Tampa Bay is going to average less than 20 points a game. Like, Buffalo is going to blow every team. Like, I mean, it's, it's week one. The sky's not falling. Nobody's raising the Lombardi trophy. I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die on that one. I mean, it's, it's a fair one to die on. I'll tell you that, but don't die, Dave. We love you. Anyway. Um, I, did you guys, you guys have anything else football wise you want to bring up? Go going no, once. Yeah, no, no, I'd I mean, say college, college football. I'll bring up. I don't know if you guys watch well, that, any college. No, football, that's I, that's what I was gonna have you bring up next. Yeah, definitely speak on some college. Well, no, I mean I sent you guys the thing the other day. Three top ten teams did lose this week. Um, Alabama barely won. Squeaked out a fourth quarter win. Um, that honestly they were they were behind most of the game. Uh, to Texas, who's unranked, but but playing tough under Sarkeesian. I gotta tell you. Um, really had his team ready to play. Uh, 20 to 19 as close as it gets. I mean, Ohio State was a blowout, but I mean, you look at some of these other games. Um, you look at Notre Dame getting beat by Marshall. 
number I, eight Notre Dame getting beat by Marshall. Heard, <laughs> and they paid Marshall. Then they pay Marshall like a nice chunk of change just to come play him. Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. See, that's how most of those like smaller schools make their money. It's going to get beat up by the bigger schools. But uh, yeah, in this case, they got him. Another one, Texas A and M, they ranked number six. Goes down to Appalachian State. Appalachian State notches another one. So now they got that big Michigan win under their belt. And they got a win against uh, Texas A&M. Two top ten wins for that school. That's probably like the, that team's Super Bowl right there because they're never going to get to a national championship. But at the same time, beating a team ranked number six um, is huge for a school like that. So, again, school that got paid to go there and get beat by A&M. Um, everybody's happy there. Uh, it's, uh, and then you had with, uh, Washington State beating number 19, Wisconsin. Um, so that was another upset. Georgia, I believe I saw the stat. Georgia has outscored their opponents this year so far. 82 to 3, I believe is the number. 82 to 3 in the two games. And only two games so far this year. Um, yeah. So they're now number one in the country, by the way. They leapfrogged Alabama in the polls this week, and they are number one, Georgia. Um, yeah, Texas Tech beats number 25, Houston. Uh, number 20, Kentucky beats number 12, Florida. Another upset. Um, and then uh, you had BYU beating number nine, Baylor. So, I mean, like I said, you had three <laughs> top teams lose this week. Um, so college football is exciting. If you're not watching it, get on it. You should be. Um, you know, next week coming up, a couple of good games out there. Uh, the best game is probably Oregon BYU. Uh, that's number 12 versus number 25. Uh, let's see what other games are notable here. Um, Texas uh, A&M coming off of that loss against Appalachian State playing number 13 Miami um, is probably the other biggest game of the night. That's 9 o'clock on ESPN. Uh, so, Mike, that'll probably still be on. You'll be able to catch the end of that game when you get home if you had a chance. Um, but, yeah, those are probably the best games coming up this week. What what game uh, was that again? Uh, Miami-Texas A&M. Okay. Number 13 Miami versus number 24 Texas A&M. What day was that, Friday or Saturday? Saturday at 9. It's on ESPN. So, like I said, it'll probably go to yeah, okay. at least midnight. Okay. Yeah. Might check that out. Check that out. Yep. All right. Fair enough there. Um, Dave, do you have any thoughts on college football this week? I'm not going to lie, Eric. I had a long weekend. I didn't get a chance to catch anything. Who got fired this week, though, right in the middle of uh, NFL games on Sunday? Somebody got fired this week, right? Um, uh, who got fired this week? Yes, yeah, somebody did. Uh, the Nebraska coach got fired, but uh, everyone's waiting, I think, on the uh, Notre Dame coach to get fired. He's the first coach in Notre Dame history to start off at the school 0-3. Um, if you date it back to last year, he's 0-3 through his first three games. Notre Dame's 0-2 to start this year. Uh, so that's probably probably the biggest one that's going to end up happening, but I, I'm trying to think of who was. I think it was the Nebraska coach. Okay. I Fair enough the there. Dave, I did a little bait and switch on you, which I, I am sorry about. Uh, did you have anything you want to throw in here? I mean, look, I, I, um, I caught the ending of the Alabama-Texas game, 
And man, uh, that Bryce Young kid, Jesus, like just like his awareness of what was going on is like, I respected his confidence to stay in the pocket to want to throw the ball, but then his awareness to realize the best play is my legs. So he ran. Um, and I know this is really random to say about any college football team, but that Bama kicker, dude's consistent. I got you. Got to give him that. That's rare to say about a college football kicker. So, um, but yeah, no, that was a rare really- to say about Alabama kickers because for the last twenty years, it's the biggest complaint I've had about this team is that Saban can go out and you recruit everything under the sun, but he can't recruit a damn kicker. And I think he finally realized it a couple seasons ago. And uh, the kid they have this year, uh, Richard or Ricard or whatever his name is, he is, uh, yeah, like you said, very consistent, very solid, and probably one of the best kickers they've had in a long time. So uh, definitely happy to have a good kicker on the squad, that's for sure. A lot of missed kicks this week. I even said to my – because Janice pointed out to me, but I even said it to my dad. I was watching the the, the end of the Giants game with my dad, and – I turned to him and said, man, there were a lot of missed kicks today. So they were uh, blocked extra point. He said, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on with kicks. The Giants just need one more of those to happen. And then sure enough, that's what happened. So, it, uh, yeah, it's hard to find consistent kickers even now in the NFL. Uh, like I think Fife sent us in the group chat before, um, Ricardo Blankenship uh, from Indy got let go. Got waved by the team. Yeah, I so, saw that. So, I mean, listen, but the thing is, who are you going to replace him with? Who's consistent enough out there? There aren't very many Justin Tuckers left in the league. You know what I mean? Like, where you used to have Vinatieri and Nick Goskowski and Tucker and all the – yeah, you used to have Gold and all these guys who were, like, so automatic. And now you, you question who, who actually has a really good kicker because then you think – and, oh, well, the best kicker in the league is that kid from Cincinnati who's rising up, McMoney or McPherson, whatever they call him. Um, and even he shanked one, and, and they lost the game this weekend. So, I mean, like, you look at it, and even when you think a guy's really good, sometimes they turn out to be not as good as you thought. It's hard to find that consistent kicker. Mm. I, I, I've, said, I've, I've said this mine, ever since I watched football and played golf. To me, being a kicker is just like putting in golf. You can get your line right. You can you see where it needs to go. You get yourself squared up. You get yourself set. You feel good. You feel comfortable. And you do the same exact motion you do every single time. Doesn't matter. Never a guarantee to go where you want it to go. Uh, I've always felt like kicking is like play, is like golf and specifically putting. Like, it's just... Uh, I think I think kicking is more like hitting in baseball now, where everybody isn't worried about consistent kicking. Everybody's just trying to kick the next seventy yarder. Everybody's just trying to get to see how big their leg is. They don't care about the consistency of the kick. If I can know I can kick at seventy yards, guess what? The team's going to bring you out there just for the chance that you might hit a seventy yarder. You know what I mean? Like they're not worried about the consistency. Same thing in baseball anymore. They're not worried about batting average. Everybody's just worried about the long ball, launch angle. That's all they're worried about. And, like, it's the same with kickers. I mean, Janice said it to me this weekend. Now, she's not a big football watcher by any means because especially during the season, she never gets a chance because she's not home on Sundays. She was home this Sunday watching football with me, and she saw all these missed kicks. She's like, why do these people have jobs? 
She's like, the only damn thing you have to do is kick a ball. She's like, the only thing you have to do is kick a ball. She's like, that's it. She goes, and they practice it all the time. Nobody touches them. Nobody hits them. They just have to go out there and just kick the ball. And they practice it before the game. They practice it all week long. Well, they have one job is to kick the damn, damn ball. If they can't kick the ball, why are they on the team? I said, I don't know. a fair good point. Question. She's it's not wrong. Question. She goes, she goes yeah. you're useless. You can't make it. You're useless to us. Why are you on the team? Yeah. And I couldn't argue with that. But at the same time, like Dave said, it's not on the mat. You want to think it is, but it's not. But at the same time, it should be. Because you're that, you should be that consistent. It's like a pro. If you're a pro in golf, you're probably one putting and two putting a lot more greens than me and you are, Dave. But probably. at the same time, but at the same time, like it should be the same for kickers. Me and you can't go out there and hit a thirty yarder, but an NFL kicker should be able to hit a thirty yarder every single time. With their should be eyes, a, a thirty yard exactly every time. And to see some mm. of these guys shanking easy ones. Or to watch, I think it was the first time there was a blocked extra point in since 2003. Like, it was just running rampant all weekend. That's fair. And to go back to something you said earlier, you're talking about the consistent ones here. And your point about the analytics and everything and everybody going for the longer ones, I think that's definitely valid. Even the consistent ones have ones where they wind up screwing up. Like you brought up Evan McPherson. There was that one game last year, Cincinnati and Green Bay. It was him and Mason Crosby. Didn't they miss like five or six field goals between the two of them? Yeah, but then he hit all those game winners in the playoffs, and everybody thought he was the next coming of Vinatieri or, or Goskowski, and he's just not. Well, like they thought well, he was the next. Sure. You know? But I'm, I'm saying the point is even the most consistent ones have bad days. The problem is even kicking well, is one I of those. I don't remember Vinatieri having too many bad days or Goskowski having too many bad days or even Tucker having too many bad days. I mean, later on, Goskowski had had. I mean, that's why they released him at one point. I think because he did have a couple of those later on. And I think yeah, that's what I mean, probably when they happen, when this stuff happens, you release that guy and you get a new guy. That that and, is the thing because it goes back to something you brought up that Janice said. If they're not making field goals, that's all they do. Get rid of them. Yeah, and it's then, a fair point. You're no longer serving serving your purpose. Yeah. That's true. And you said who they're going to replace Blankenship with. Kicking, as we pointed out, it's a mix and match position right now. So I'm sure they'll find somebody. And if he doesn't work out six weeks from now, we'll be going through the same thing. So it's fine. It's all good. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Did we have anything else, any sort of football-wise to throw in right now? I am... I'm trying to wait a little bit till Mr. Pfeiffer is hopefully able to join us before we do picks. I will say picks wise, Dave and Eric, you guys are sitting pretty at three, one and one on the season. And me and Mr. Pfeiffer are pulling up the rear at two, two and one last week. Cause I picked Jacksonville to win and Mr. Fife picked new England to win. Those are the differences right now. I hate the fact that we actually have a fucking tie in our game picks. That is nonsense. Hey, I picked him in my survivor pool. A fucking game, tie knocked my should, ass out. That game should just get dropped. We it should, should be, be a mulligan for survivor I, leagues. I don't know about that. Oh, come on. You could have given me that one. Mulligan? Mm, no, because then that's like a win. 
Well, not a win, but it shouldn't count as a loss. You should have went with me and picked the Ravens. Apparently. Not arguing with you on that. I think I'm taking the Rams this week if you want my survivor pick. I think it's I, just, I don't even I'm not joining another one. I mean, my aggravation is probably gonna be the cowboy game, truthfully, because why wouldn't that be the oh, one that's that right, you're out now. I forgot you're out yeah. now. I, I'm only in one survivor league myself. Yeah, I think I'm gonna yeah. go with the Rams this week is uh I'm not super confident in it, but I think that's what I'm gonna do. It seems like the uh we're playing in yeah, the Falcons. Falcons kind of stink. The Rams will bounce back. Yeah, I can see that. David, you do, do you do Survivor Legs? I do not. I, it's law of diminishing returns oh. to me, for me. No, you no, guys no, know I... 454 okay. submissions. 221 people got knocked out. What, in your league? In the Survivor pool that I'm in. Huh. What was the big 20, knockout? It's a twenty dollars survivor pool, so it's like not, but so it's like nine thousand dollars already in there because of the four hundred submissions. But Jesus. uh, yeah. What was the big knockout game? There, I'm, I'm getting to it right now. Hang on, I'm pulling it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kill him here Pro- while we're waiting for Steve. While he's pulling, probably, ahead, the, probably the Giants Titans. I mean, no, I mean, the biggest one was the Colts. The Colts, 15% of people took the Colts. So that was 68 people got knocked out with the Colts. 44 got knocked out with the 49ers. 42 got knocked out with the Texans. 35 with the Broncos. 24 with the Bengals. 19 with the Panthers. 10 with the Jaguars. 6 with the Jets. 3 Lions, 3 Packers, and then a couple of ones down there with the Rams and Cowboys. Oh, I'm sorry. Out of the – there was – 454, 256 entries got eliminated. There's only 198 surviving entries. I mean, you got people in the league who picked Dallas to win that game? About 60%. Yeah, no, there was uh, one person who had the Cowboys win that game. Yeah. Free money right there. Sorry, Dave. I had a. Are you kidding me? I, I had a buddy of mine call me yesterday, all pissed off at Dallas. He's like, yo, I put five hundred down on Dallas winning outright. I'm like, why the fuck would you bet five hundred dollars on Dallas being Brady when they're owns against them? That's ridiculous. That's I'm like, ridiculous. I, I love you, dude, but that's on you. Like, mm-hmm. bad decision. Right on. And I don't know how everybody's fantasy leagues are doing after week one, but I can tell you um, he's not here right now, but it was nice of Fife to blow me up. as a, what, what what was the screenshot that said worst manager in the league for my no, score? No, no, just said you had the worst score. Just said you had the worst score. Oh, okay. I thought it was something like game manager I lost manager by one something. point. I, lo- I lost by one point, Mike, in that league, so it happens. But, hey, if, uh, if I lose in the free league, it's okay in my book. I won my exactly. two money league, so I'm only in two money leagues this year. They're not expensive ones either, um, but mm. I won both of those uh, comfortably, so I'm, I'm happy about that. Oh, I lost my money league too. Is anybody interested in how I did in the fantasy draft uh, that I had last week? Um, not particularly, but I'll listen to it. And there we go. I will. I'll just. I'll just say this real quick. I took Rogers as my quarterback. <laughs> I got. I got him in like. Yeah. Thanks for that intro. Eric. That was great. I took Rogers in the tenth round, which I thought was nice. Dalvin Cook and Kamara are my running backs. Mike Evans, Deontay Johnson, Adam Thielen, Hunter Renfro are my wide receivers. I took George Kittle 
who was nice enough to not play this week. That was appreciative. Kareem Hunt, I, I benched in both leagues. That was a great move on my part. But I got the Buccaneers defense. That actually worked out pretty decent. But, um, yeah, that is what it is on that one. So, Dave, any thoughts? Look, man, I got I got smacked around in both my leagues. So, uh, I'm uh... – I'm not really high on the fantasy world right now. It was a it was a rough opening week of football for me. All I can say is thank God for NFL Red Zone. Mm, fair enough. I had a very long Sunday because I was working on Sunday. It was a very long fucking day, I'll tell you that. But uh, anyway, we can move on here. Um, I does anybody got anything else they want to bring up? Because I wouldn't mind talking a little baseball real quick. But if you guys want to talk about something else, that's fine. No, I'm just going to say baseball-wise, we're doing all right. For the Yanks, six out of their last eight, they've won. Uh, seem to have been riding the ship. Uh, they're 2-2 against Boston right now, but back to a five-and-a-half and six-game lead over Toronto and, and Tampa, respectively. Toronto and Tampa are locked in a battle today. Um, so they had a doubleheader actually going on, so they're going to beat each other up a little bit. Um yeah, other than that, uh, yeah, we're doing all right. Same with the Giants right now. We're doing all right. So I'll pass it over to you for a little bet briefing. But the Yankees should be getting a little healthier. Uh, Stanton seems to be hitting a little better. Um, the pitching has been, you know, what, what we've been getting. So I, I'm happy with that. And, yeah, so moving forward, uh, we, we should be all set for the playoffs. I don't really see the Yankees at this point losing the division. Um, so now it's just a matter of they'll probably finish second in the AL and get ready for the postseason. I mean, I, I'm going to go back and have to rewind the clock too because I'm pretty sure the Yankees are going to finish right where I said they would at about 96 wins. I think I guess what I called them at the start of the year, and I think that's where they're going to finish. So I was pretty on the money, and I just want to myself a little pat for that. <laughs> you go right ahead. I'll tell I'm sure you did. Because you're always pretty consistent with the Yankees. I'm not going to pretend I remember off the top of my head, but it would not surprise me. Uh, as for the Mets, um, we're still doing all right. Um, this has been an interesting week. We lost the game that we were on the air for last week. They did wind up winning four of six in a, in a preceding week after that. They did wind up, first the Braves tied them for the division, first time in 150 games that the Mets, or 150 days rather, that the Mets did not hold sole position in first place. And then the Mets lost on Friday. Braves took the first place spot by half game, gave it away the next day. Braves are in the midst of a three-game losing streak right now, which I, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's the longest losing streak the Braves have had in the last four months. But it would it would just be like this this schedule is teed up for the Mets. And we keep losing to these bad teams. Like baseball, you're gonna lose to bad teams. All right, fine, but god damn it. They lost to the Cubs last night. They're down one-nothing right now. That the Mets are gonna make the oh god, I hate the fact that I'm saying that. The Mets have won 89 games right now, which you can go back and look at it. That's as many games as they won in 2007 and 2008. So like I, I should feel confident, but god damn. Damn it, would they just fucking put away some of these goddamn bad teams? It'd just be nice. Because the Braves are playing out of their fucking mind right now. We talked about it last week. Like, the Mets haven't done badly in the last three or four months. 
God damn it, the Braves are fucking playing ungodly. The three-game losing streak is nice, but God damn it, can the Mets take advantage of this? Because this is the time it would be nice to pad the lead and make it so at least, you know, one good run can't knock them right out of first place because first place is important. I don't want the Mets to have to play that wild card round. And the fact that this is even a question at this point is just it's just it's typical, but it's just it's not right. We're still doing all right, but god damn it, I'm just, just can we beat some bad teams, please? That's all. <clears throat> Dave, you got anything you want to throw in? You should beat teams that you're better than. Uh, I won't argue with that, but that's about it. Yes. Yeah. DeGrom's on the hill tonight. He gave up a home run to Ian Happ in the second inning, and the Mets have done jack shit. Darren Ruff was a horrible trade deadline acquisition, by the way. He's fucking god-awful. We brought up the rookie Mark Vientos, but it's not exactly like we're playing him for reasons. Anyway, um, the one thing I want to we'll, – we'll move off of this. The one thing I will bring up, and then we'll go into picks after that. Hopefully, Fife's able to join us at that point. We haven't brought this up over the last couple weeks. At least I don't think we have. Um, basketball. Well, maybe. But, no, we, I don't think we've ever brought up the Donovan Mitchell trade to Cleveland. I thought we did. Yeah, we talked about that. Did we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What did you think about the fact that the Knicks didn't match that? No, the Knicks did that. It, 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 it was what it was. I, I, I'm not – to me, the, the packages the Knicks were sending was a better package. They, it, the Knicks just got screwed. They were, everybody was looking at the Knicks to give up the far, give up, you know, the farm, give up everything they have, everything in the kitchen sink. And when they wouldn't do that, they got pissed off and went to another team, you know. So instead they got Colin Sexton and, you know, two picks. Like, you know, the, the Knicks had four picks on the table, two unprotected, and it was the same amount of unprotected picks they got from Cleveland. And with the players and whatnot, like, they would have got young players back from the Knicks. Like, I, I don't know. To me, they, there was a deal that could have been done, but uh, I was hearing some rumblings that there was some, like, hard feelings on both sides from Utah and, like, the Knicks, and that I guess this was more of a move to kind of just, you know, say, well, fuck it, we're not trading them to the Knicks. And they had to trade him to somebody, so they got him for the next best package, which happened to be Cleveland. Mm. I will say I saw, um, I think it was Barkley, who said that he was talking to a World Wide West, and he felt like Danny Ainge was just trying to put him over a barrel, basically. So Yeah, I, that's I, it, because they're yeah. so used to, everybody's so used to the Knicks doing that. Remember the, when they gave up to get Carmelo? That's what that that that's what they were looking to get again, and this front office thankfully wasn't stupid enough to do it. Mm. That's fair. I had this new phone. This phone sucks. Uh, anyway, um, Dave, I, I you might as well say it real quick. Did you have any thoughts on this one? I mean, like. <laughs> I, I mean, it, I, I'm personally not as high on Donovan Mitchell as everybody else. So if I'm the Knicks, I wasn't mortgaging my whole future to get the guy. Again, the Knicks had eight picks. I was willing to give up plenty of picks. But once they started needing, they wanted like six, they wanted six picks, I think at least three or four unprotected. Plus they wanted R.J. Barrett. Plus they wanted, you know, um, 
uh, Robinson. Plus, they wanted Quentin Grimes and somebody else. Like, they wanted like four players back, including RJ Barrett, plus all the picks. It was stupid. And I'm so happy the Knicks didn't do it. Again, you know, they have to do things the right way. And again, this is what we talked about the Nets. The Nets just kind of, in my opinion, threw everything out the window, pissed everything Mm. out the door. You know what I mean? When they traded and and did the sent the farm. I mean, they were building something there with the Nets. It was a destination because of the shit they were building, and then they went and traded it all the way to bring in those guys who've been nothing but a headache and have brought no, haven't brought the team any wins or any championships, let's just say. So, And they probably won't. Mm. I agree. I absolutely agree. Alright, so we kept it going long enough, and now he's here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Eric Pfeiffer is with us tonight. Fife, how you doing? I'm good, fellas. Sorry, I totally forgot. I had a brain fart. I didn't even realize it was Tuesday. <laughs> it happens, man. It happens. So I'm happy I sent you to text them. All right. Yeah, so, I appreciate like, it because I got so so into uh, waivers and everything like that with my bird. Hello. Oh, cut out real quick. Is he Fife? Are you there? I, I can't hear Fife if he's talking. Yeah, I can't hear him either. Hear me now? There yep. you go. I think so. All right. Oh, All right. Here we are. There we go. There we go. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Keep my tardiness. Keep consistent. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we'll get started on NFL picks for week two. Um, Dave, if you get a chance, look at the text in the group chat real quick. You can answer that question for me. Um, so I will start here and I, I will go first because it is time for Aguilaro's Aggravation of the Week. And all right, I kind of said this earlier. I'm already out of Survivor because the Colts suck and couldn't, you know, do actually win the game and ties shouldn't knock you out of Survivor pools, but... It is what it is, so I'm out. So we're going to go back to what I used to do in this spot here, and we're going to go with the Cowboys game. It is Cincinnati going into Dallas to take on the Cowboys minus Dak Prescott. And, Dave, you kind of hinted at it earlier. It's a pissed-off Bengals team. You know they're going to come out fighting. And, I, you know, Rush had the big game that you mentioned uh, last year against the Vikings, but – I was pretty high on the Bengals when we did our picks, and I'm still high on the Bengals. So I am going to say that the Bengals win this game, get back in the win column for this season, and uh, Dallas, let's just, um, we're just going to hope for the best there. Fife, by the way, I did mention our records for last week. You and me are kind of pulling up the rear there at 2 2 and 1. Dave and Eric, we are looking up at them who were 3 1 and 1, just so you know where we're at there. So let's keep yep, let's keep going there with some picks here. Dave, who you got? Cincinnati and Dallas. Uh, oh Dave. Oh, Dave. I, I really hate this, but uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't just think Cincinnati wins. I think Cincinnati probably blows Dallas out of the water. Yeah. All right. Eric, who you got? I'm not ready yet. Oh. I'm You're stuck. not ready yet. <laughs> I'm doing right. middle because um yeah I got uh, the more I think about it 
are the Bengals just slumping? There, there seems to be that slump for teams that lose the Super Bowl. They don't come back the next year to say, I, I don't know. I'm looking at it and I'm going, mm. oh. Cooper Rush had that good game last year. Dallas is out. Is it in Cincinnati or in Dallas? In Dallas. In Jerry World. Oh. <laughs> I don't have the balls to do it. Give me the bangles. I, I wish go. I had the balls to, to say the cowgirls. I just I just don't have I just don't have I don't have table sized balls. I just don't have them. Thanks for throwing that cowgirls in there. That was nice. All right, five who you got. You know, I, I agree with Eric that it's not as easy as you make it out to be. Other uh, Dave, you know, um, I think what we had happen was uh, last year, um, you know, we were all waiting for that Cincinnati Bengals, the offensive line to just collapse in the playoffs. And it never happened. If it did happen, Burrow found his way out of it. But the Steelers actually, you know, exposed it. Uh, I don't think they have a very good offensive line. I think it's a place where Michael Parsons can really do a lot of damage. You guys know I'm a big Micah guy. Um, it's not as easy as you make it out to be, but I'm with Eric. You know, my my table balls are not there for this one, so I'm going to take Cincy as well. <laughs> All right. So clean sweep for the Bengals. No real surprise there. God damn it. All right. Okay, so next up, it is time for the Hastings Highlight of the Week. Oh, Dave. He's muted. Muted. I'm back. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, I was going to say, if Dak was healthy, I might have said Bengals Cowboys, but obviously that's not the case. And I really think there's only one clear-cut favorite of what's going to be the game of the week. And maybe for the first time ever in doing game picks, it's a Thursday night game. Mm. You got the Chargers going to the Chiefs. I mean, Herbert and Mahomes both coming off of really good games. Uh, Both defenses shutting down, you know, uh, I mean, the Chargers shutting down the Raiders. And and you got the Chiefs shutting down the, um, the, the Cardinals, like, that I was quite impressive. I was kind of sh- I was quite shocked by not really the outcome of who won the game, but how the games were won more than anything else. Um, but Chiefs are at home. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes have won every home opener since Patrick Mahomes took over as the starting quarterback. The Chiefs have won three in a row again. I mean, I'm sorry. The Chargers have won three in a row against the Chiefs. But with all that said, um, like Eric likes to say, don't bet against the streak, and I'm going to take the longer of the two streaks. So give me the Chiefs at home in a really good game. Yeah, I'm going to take Kansas City there too. I I think this is going to be a very good game. And, uh, I mean, we looked a little bit at the next couple weeks uh, for Thursday night games last week. This will be the last good game. Thursday night game for at the very least a while. And my tool's not working. But um, yeah, no, I think this will be a close game. It'll be a good game, but Kansas City gonna win this one. 
So, yeah. Uh, Eric, who you got? It'll be a game that I don't watch any of because it'll be on Amazon Prime. And even though I have Amazon Prime, I just won't switch over to watch the game. I'll watch it like I'm watching. I don't know why. I just, I can't, like, even with baseball, like, I can't watch the Yankees on Prime. It's just not the same. Like, I don't know. So, you got out Michaels, though. Yeah, I don't care. I'm, I'm okay. out. I, yeah, and Kirk Herb Street, I'm out. I, I'm good on that combo. Um, yeah. That being said, I mean, Chiefs a good week one. Chargers are good. Um, but I'm, I'm with, I think it might be a clean sweep here. And uh, I'm going to take the Chiefs at home. Uh, I think again in a good game, but but being at home, Arrowhead's a tough place to go and play, and uh, I think uh, home field advantage may, makes a difference there for the for the Chiefs. So give me uh, give me the Chiefs on Thursday night. All right, All right. yeah, we got Casey there for Eric uh, Fife. Who you got? Well, you guys know. I think well, at least Eric knows. I'm a big Herbert guy. I love Justin Herbert. I think uh, he's one sexy individual. I believe he's going to be a very good quarterback for a very long time in this league, but uh, he's quite possibly missing his top target. And I worry about how things sort of fall off. Mike Williams was very pedestrian. He may have even gotten hurt. I didn't see um, in week one. If we were deeper in the season and I saw more out of Williams, I would think he could fill the shoes of Keenan Allen. And they do have some, some younger guys there who can get downfield. Um, But I think, with missing Keenan Allen, there's a good chance he's not playing. I know he's not practicing all week. They're going to make it a game time decision. He's, they believe he's got a hammy going on, and uh, I just don't know that they're going to re- replace that number one that early in the season. Um, Williams might surprise me and have a really good week two after a downer week one. He actually might be a guy that I throw into some some DraftKings uh, captain mode lineups just to see, because uh, I know some people will be off of him after a tough week one. Um, but I do think the Chiefs are going to win the game. All right. So another clean sweep there. Chiefs over uh, the Chargers. All right. So now <clears throat> it is time for Eric Tressler's Toilet Ball of the Week. And this week's, toilet bowl, this week's toilet bowl of the week goes to an absolute just shit show. Like this is this is the type of like this is you're repainting. <laughs> it could be wait, not to interrupt you. It could be a toilet bowl, but it can't be a shit show. I was gonna say it's, 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 it's a it's it's a work of turdy art. We're gonna call hey. it that. It's 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 so smelly, it's so bad. That I really don't even want to pick it, let alone shit it. Like it's it, it's 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 that terrible. Um, I don't think there's going to be much enjoyment on either side of the ball here. Uh, nor do am I going to pick the team that's probably going to win, even though they got the dumbest fucking logo you've ever seen on their fifty yard line. I don't know what the fucking the rejected Keebler elf out there. Um, but you know, I I just don't understand what they're they're doing here with with Elfie on a shelfie, Elfie on a fifty, but uh, I, I I I I and I refuse to pick them this year, so fuck them. Give me the Jets. All right, I'm guessing that means you are picking Jets in Cleveland. 
Well, I mean, are they and, even the Browns anymore? Or are they just the Elves? I don't know what the fuck they are. Like, I, I don't know. I know there's some explanation for the dumbass logo, but I mean, do you see that thing? That thing's fucking creepy. And like, I, it's not. It's not a fun looking elf. Like, and nor, nor do I think it's like very whimsical. Like, I, I don't. Wanna, I don't understand where the fucking elf came from to begin with. To me, the whole thing's stupid, and it's just as stupid as this whole team and this whole situation they put themselves in. Robert Salah swears that he's taking receipts and that he's going to, you know, the Jets are going to turn things around. Let's see him turn it around this week against the Jacoby Brissett-led Cleveland Brown shit massive dump on the field. I can't, I can't, like, the, the, the words that I have for this team, I can't even get out of my mouth. I hate them with such vitriol. So I am just going to tell you that I am picking the Jets to hopefully dump all over the Browns. What the hell did they do to you? Did they smack your dog? What did they do? They they might as well have. I mean, like, okay. I don't know. I just have zero respect for the organization after the, the move and the bullshit they pulled, bringing in Watson and then with the league, you know, and the shit that they pulled. Um, I just have no no respect for, for that team right now. Nothing whatsoever. All right. Dave, who you got? I mean, I definitely... I definitely can't say I respect the Browns. Um, but the Jets deciding to call 59 pass plays with Joe Flacco, a quarterback, lets you know the the wonderful establishment that they have there. Um, so considering I want to finish in first with our picks this year, uh, I'm going to have to go with the Brownies. Yeah, I, I got to be honest, man. I mean, one thing. I really hope the Jets win, and I can come on and rub it right in your face next week that you said that. that you're like, oh, I want to win the pick, so I'm going to pick the Browns. All right. I don't remember that. I'm taking their seats. Might as well call me Salah because I'm taking their seats. <laughs> All right, okay. Well, take, take another receipt here, Eric, because I got to be honest. The one thing week one reminded us of is Joe Flacco is not a good quarterback anymore. So the, this idea that he was going to be able to hold down the fort until Zach Wilson came back, the Baltimore basically took a brown stain all over that one. So put his head in the toilet bowl there and made us all remember, oh, yeah, it's only Joe Flacco. This isn't going to work out. So I'll take Jacoby Brissett over um, Joe Flacco there. So I'm going Cleveland as well. I so hope they right start there. Mike White. I hope they start Mike White. Yeah. Great white. Maybe hope. that. Yeah, there you go. Who you got, Fife? Um, you know, I think that Salah should probably learn his lesson, no matter who starts at quarterback. And going into these fantasy drafts, when everybody was high on Brees Hall, I said, "Does everybody forget how much they, you know, whenever they leaned on Michael Carter last year, he all he did was produce for them." He's mm. obviously their number one back. He's the guy they want in the game, um, and honestly. You know, I think they're going to lean on Hall a little bit more. I'm not sorry, not Hall. Uh, Michael Carter a little bit more. Uh, they're going to be smart enough to try and run the football. Maybe they weren't in a position to do it last game. I know they were down early. They were down often. Um, but unfortunately, I do think that the Browns will rise to the top of this toilet bowl. So I'm going to take the Browns. All right. I'm trying to have something ready for this. I'll tell you what. We're going to go a little out of order here. And I am going to, we are going to start off. It is time for Larry Sparrow's Shit Show of the Week. 
So in a shit show, uh, generally you guys know I try and find a game where I think it might have a lot of turnovers. And, you know, what game could have – and honestly, I think the one team actually has some decent offensive weapons. But when you got Jared Goff and Carson Wentz uh, headline and two offenses, you got to think there's going to be a couple turnovers in that game. So I'm going to pick the Washington Commanders versus the Detroit Lions game as the shit show of the week. Did you guys hear that me? Was a, that was right up there. I figured that would have to be the shit show if the other game was the toilet bowl. I figured that was where the shit show was going. So I, I, I enjoy the shit show you got going on there. Yeah, you know, and um, it's a hard one to pick. You know, I really like the Lions head coach, and I really like some of the weapons that they have on, on Washington. You know, Gibson um, – being able to get that start and roll back. He did really well last week. John Dotson down the sideline, Curtis Samuel, and obviously Terry McCorn. But Detroit's, you know, not short of their own weapons on that side. And they played, to me, a very inspired, heartfelt football game. Um, Eagles were obviously the better team at the end of the day. I think uh, Hurts to A.J. Brown was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. My heart wants to pick Detroit at home to win a football game against Washington. My head wants to pick Washington, uh, but I'm going to go with my heart and I'm going to take Detroit on this one. So give me the Lions over Washington in the shit show of the week. I second that. Give me Detroit. Washington barely came out at home. Do you want to start with that? against Jacksonville and they're going on the road and Philly almost lost to Detroit. Like I mentioned earlier, Philly had to go for it on fourth and one to put that game away. If they got stopped, Detroit could have drove down and possibly won that game. Put up 31 against that Philly defense. Uh, yeah. G- give me uh, give me Detroit at home against the uh, Washington, um, whatever they're called now. Ask commanders. Yep. That one. <laughs> I was waiting. I, I was waiting for you guys to call them the, the football team all year. Last year, you guys called them the Redskins all year. So I was waiting for this year to be a year late calling the football team. <laughs> but you got it right. I can't keep up with it at this point. So I just Washington. They're That's... still the football team to me. <laughs> The command, I, I got to be honest, the commanders, I'm just, I don't know if I'm ever going to get fully on board with the commanders, but five, I'm going to equate it to something here local and even you two, Dave. I'm still not used to calling you guys the Red Hawks. I'm sorry. To me, when I think about the team on the other side of town, I think about the Redskins. I do. I, I don't think about the Red Hawks. I will, so, I will. On my deathbed, if somebody asks me what high school I graduated from, I will tell them. I was a Parsippany Redskin that graduated from Parsippany High School. Right? Like, I don't know. Like, do you you almost feel like you, you never thought of it as an insult, right? It was almost like a thing of pride. Like you were you were the Redskins. Like it was a, not not even you guys were ever ashamed of, in my opinion. Like I, I don't know. So to me, like that's where like I know I'm not I'm not politically correct in that manner and whatnot. But at the same time, like, they will always be the Redskins to me. It's same with the Washington football team. To be honest, deep down, they'll always be the Redskins. I still catch myself saying the Redskins from time to time, even though their name has changed to Commanders. 
Um, all of that being said, yes, I completely agree with you guys that, um, you know, Detroit looked like the better team last weekend than the Commanders did. But at the same time, to me, Detroit still lost the game. And Detroit's still going to Detroit. I like Dan Campbell. I really do. But at the same time, I'm taking Carson Wentz and the Commanders. There you go. So now we're down to just you, Mike. We got we got two two Lions and one Commander so far. I think I'd Mike's like still ordering a straw. Yeah, Mike, where you at, my man? Mike likes Mike, picking last. Is Mike muted? Somebody was getting a straw. I was. Did you guys hear that too? Oh, All right, here's the funny thing. I didn't know I was on mute, so my fault there. All right, yeah, my bad. Sometimes we all, listen, Mike, it happens to each and every one of us. I'm sitting, I'm sitting here talking, thinking I'm getting interrupted. Then I look, I'm just like, no, you muted yourself, dumbass. Okay, fair enough. Um, I was a Goshen Gladiator, by the way. So I always thought that was a strong name for a high school mascot. So I just wanted to throw that in there. But anyway, now I'm going to go with Washington here for the kind of the reasons that Eric said there. We all like Dan Campbell. He's an easy guy to like. We all want to see Detroit do well simply because we like him. At the end of the day, though, I think Washington's got a little more momentum coming in off the big win in week one. And Detroit, unfortunately, to steal phrase from Eric, Detroit going to Detroit. And yeah, it was it was a nice effort from them. They'll probably put up a similar effort this week and throughout the season, but for right now, I give Washington a slight edge there. So anyway, let's get this going because now it is time for Eric Pfeiffer's fight of the week. Glad you cut it off there. We don't want to, we don't want any copyright infringements. <laughs> I do like it though, Mike. I do like it. That's good, right? Yeah. I All mean, right, go ahead, just, five. just to keep ourselves protected, that's the theme song from Rocky. We don't own the rights to that. And we're moving on. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Go ahead, Five. Right. So this is a tough one for me because there's a couple I'd like to look at. But I'm only going to pick one. Um, do it two you know, for me. Because there were two games. I got to be honest with you. There were two games I was looking at on the schedule that Dave passed up for a Hastings highlight where I was like, I hope that one, if not both of these, are chosen for the fight tonight. Because I actually games I was looking at. I actually had three in my head that I was just browsing through the schedule real quick. I had three in my head, but I'm going to stick with the one um, that I have. Hang on one second. I apologize. But, uh, for me, it's actually, believe it or not, as far as a good game, um, I know I never got to get into it with you guys about what I thought about the NFC South because things just kind of came up at home. Um, I do not have a lot of confidence in the Tom Brady-led Bucks this year. Um, just something about it just doesn't feel right to me. And one of the teams that I think could challenge them for uh, – possibly that division title would be the New Orleans Saints. So I may surprise you with this pick, but I'm actually going to pick the Bucks and the Saints. Uh, Jameis against his old team. I like the little storyline. I know we've already seen it before. Um, 
big part of it's going to be Kamara's health, but it's looking like it's a, it's a rib injury. It's looking like he's going to play through it. I think Michael Thomas looked good. Uh, Alave looked good in his first game. You know, nothing great, but he looked good. He looked like a good NFL receiver. Um, and I think this is going to be a very good game. And, again, a hard-fought division that, you know, New Orleans actually has a chance to win this division. I know they struggled last week against who Mar- Marcus Mariota. Um, but uh, I think they're uh, Is def- it him or is it the rookie? What's I, that? I would think it's Mariota. Mariota started for Atlanta last week, I believe. And I believe that's who New Orleans played. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go New Orleans versus the Bucks as my fight yeah. of the week. I think it's gonna be a really hard fought, tough game. Who's your pick? Give me New Orleans. Oh, okay. I mean, I gotta got put my me. money where my mouth is, don't I? Yeah, yeah, that I'm, makes sense. No, no way you're choosing that game and then not gonna take New Orleans to win. Absolutely, Very fair. put my money where mm. my mouth is. Right. Michael Thomas and Mario- like Michael Thomas again. I like it. Jameis got a good arm, man. He just got to stop throwing the other team, and I think they're going to figure it out. And I, I'm, I'm going to go one. Leave his wife over playing in the NFL. I'm picking Brady and the Bucks. I, I know you think something's off. I know something's a little off too. They're not the team they were when he first showed up there necessarily, but they're an uber talented team, especially in the, uh, you know. Um, I'm losing the word right now, but in the uh, NFC like South, receiver, no, 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 not the NFC South position wise. Like they have like, as far as like seven on seven, like they, they have the best position players out there. I mean, you look at Mike, you look at Mike Evans and on the other side, you have Julio Jones. And when Chris Godwin's healthy, I mean, you have so many weapons down there in Tampa that I, it's a plethora of awesomeness. And I heard something the other day that I'm telling you, I said to you guys before the season started, I still ring it to be true. At some point, Tom Brady is going to make that phone call to Gronk and be like, hey, buddy, we got about 10 games left. What do you say? And he's going to be mm-hmm. like, all right. And he's going to literally roll in off the streets and start catching touchdowns. It's, it's uh, like I can just see it happening already. So – to me, like this is still by far an easy Bucks division to win, and because of that, I mean, listen, by all means, me and you have been different on a million different things, and I've been wrong a whole bunch of times. And maybe I'm wrong here, but I just don't see the same thing out of Jameis Winston that you do. I don't see the same thing out of out of this New Orleans team, and uh, I think this is a year that you know they they really take a bigger step back. Um, I don't see them winning this game, although I agree with you. It is a division game. It is in New Orleans, which I think historically, I think it's been a tough place for for Brady to go and play. I don't think he has too many wins there. Um, so, but that all that being said, give me uh, Brady and the Bucks. I, I think that they, they win this game by at least a touchdown. Right. The one thing I will say to Fife's credit here, I mean, I think what will go down as a very underrated pickup Jarvis Landry going to the New Orleans Saints. I mean, starting off the season, seven catches for 114 yards. Let's talk about weapons. I mean, say what you want. I think that's going to wind up being very underrated if he continues at that pace and you bring Michael Thomas back (laughs) and he gets his feet back under him. That all being said, though, I'm going with Tampa Bay to win this game too because I just think weapons-wise, I think they're a little farther ahead 
than where New Orleans is. I think this will be a good game regardless. This was a very good choice for your fight of the week here because I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a shootout. Uh, Winston, not the most accurate passer in the world, but definitely not afraid to take the deep shots. You know, Brady can still sling it. Both these teams, as we mentioned, have weapons. Hopefully Kamara is able to play. He suffered a rib injury in week one. So hopefully he's able to come in. But if he can't, Mark Ingram is one of the best backup running backs in football, even at his advanced age. So you got that going for you there. Um, this will be a good game. Tampa Bay to win, though. Dave, who you got? Give me the Saints. Oh, wow. Okay. New, Orleans, New Orleans at home, man. I, I just I, – I, I, I think it's a win for him. I think it's a tight-ass game, but – I think Tom Brady, since he's gone to Tampa Bay, has never beaten New Orleans in New Orleans. Wow. Okay. I think you could be right on that. Like I heard something to that, to that effect. But I wouldn't be surprised. Go- Did anybody just say now we got all the picks in for this game? I was just looking at the schedule. Normally week one has the two Monday night games. Why are there two Monday night games this week? I don't know, but the weirder thing that I know I heard about is that they're not staggered. Like, one is starting at 7.15 and the other one is starting at 8.30, as opposed yeah. to one starting at 10.30 after the 7.15. Well, let me ask you this. Is there a Manning cast this week? What if they, what if, maybe they pushed the doubleheader back so they could have the Manning cast week one. I mean, it's possible. I know, I know it's ESPN and ABC. And the ABC game, which is Philadelphia taking on Minnesota, that's going to be on ESPN+. Plus. The other one is Tennessee at Buffalo. So I think you got at least one game that should be I pretty I thought that man. was going to be the fight of the week. I'll be honest with you. I thought that's where you were going for the fight of the week. Because to me, you got a, you got a pissed-off Tennessee team coming off a disappointing week one loss to the Giants going up again. And, and who was the number one seed in the AFC last year? going up against probably the favorite in the AFC this year and the Bills. Um, I thought that's where you were going for fight of the week, honestly. I just think I the think Bills that, are too good. Yeah, I kind of think that would have been a clean sweep for Buffalo if we would have done that one. My actual honorable mentions for clean sweep or for fight of the week were the Vikings-Eagles Monday nighter. Yeah, that was the other game. Those are the two, And the Packers-Bears. Packers Bears is only because of the shitty way that the Packers played in Week One, I think. Right. Otherwise, and I don't know. And also the grit that the Bears showed um, coming back in that monsoon uh, kind of put them on my radar a little bit. You know, uh, I think they have a good team. They just got to figure it out. You know, they're not great, but they got a good enough team to play against the Packers team that's sort of reeling right now. But they're going to come back pissed off. They don't have a lot of weapons, you know. Um, so it was that's why it was an honorable mention, third pick for fight of the week. Uh, but I think the Eagles Minnesota game is also going to be a very good one. Eagles, but both those Minnesota games are hard game, to pick. I'm calling and they might it be right tight. now is going to have playoff implications later on down the road because one of those teams is going to end up, I think, or if not both, being wild card teams, and it's going to matter for seeding. I think this game, even though it's only week two, is huge for playoff implications. You might be right. I could see that being right. <clears throat> I think the I Eagles win the division. I think we could be divided on that game. Let's pick that game. Eagles in Minnesota? Yeah. Where the fuck is my, there's my pen. All right. Who you got, Eric? If Mike couldn't find his pen, we weren't picking it. Mike, you know what? <laughs> I, you haven't gone first yet. I want you to go first. 
Who, me? Yeah. I second that, Mike. Sorry. I third it. Quit bringing it up the rear. I mean, first of all, I did actually go first on the Cincinnati-Dallas game that I picked, and I actually went second on the um, – I think it was the fight of the week. So, But I'll go first. All right, that's fine. Um, as much as I want Dalvin Cook to do well, because like, – Fife, thanks for that shout-out in that uh, 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 our uh, non-money league that we're doing. I, I really appreciated that one. That was, that was hey. very nice of you. Hey, um, no problem, man. Yeah. And thank you. Um, as much as I got that, I, I would like a better week this week in my money league. Um, don't copy Fife's uh, uh, bets. I will say that. But uh, anyway, <laughs> that has nothing to do with this. Um, I'm going to take Philadelphia here. They are at home. Yeah, it took a fourth and whatever to win the game last week. But the fact that they are at home. Minnesota, I'm not a believer in. And I think five, you brought up the Hertz and AJ Brown connection. I think there's, you know, obviously you got Justin Jefferson, the best wide receiver in football right now. I think Philadelphia might be a little more complete of a team there. And I think them at home, we'll just see what happens there. Uh, it sounds like someone's getting ready to disagree with me, but I don't care. I'm going Philadelphia there. Whoever was ready to disagree with me should be the next pick. <laughs> And I'm going to guess that was Fife. Well, I was just going to say you said the best receiver in the game, but, I mean, I'd say second best right now. Maybe a 1B, Cooper Cup. Okay, that was my I, disagreement. There, I, I'm not going to argue with you on that, actually, because I am a Cooper Cup guy. So, I can I, – okay, go ahead. Well, as far as that game Cooper goes – Cup is just the next Julian Edelman. He's – yeah, I don't know. I think he's better than Julian Edelman, truthfully. Yeah, he gets downfield much better. He's yeah. bigger. He runs better routes. Um, yeah, he's he's got more going yeah. for him than Edelman. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he, he does. Makes, listen, he makes, he's, he's, he's the top target there. I get, listen, he's the number one receiver there. I just think that he's, he gets a lot of targets thrown his way more than he does breaking big plays. So I just look at him more of a possession receiver, a guy who moves the chains guy. I mean, I know he hits some big plays, but not enough for me. Like, Justin Jefferson hits big play after big play. He's a big play receiver. The thing Cooper for Cup me with to Cup. Me is a guy, Cooper Cup's a guy I just want on my team because I know that I could just rely on. Well, the thing for me with Cup is he makes really good defenders look like really mediocre defenders. And his route running is just, I mean, he reads defenses like Devontae. You know, he runs routes like the Edelmans of the past. He just... He's a really smart, good receiver, and I like a guy like Devontae who can who can read defenses and read coverage and be on the same page as his quarterback and make big plays. Um, so that's kind of where – I mean, you can argue either one, 1A, 1B, but my, my vote would go with, with Cup. As far as this game goes, it's a really hard one to pick. It's not as easy as you would think. I mean, like we mentioned earlier, Philly almost let Detroit come back. I think one thing we saw from week one was the teams. It was a, it was a great week one, I think. I don't know if you guys spoke about this earlier, but the teams that played with the most heart uh, seemed to come out on top, even if they weren't the favorite. With all that said, you know, I don't know. Both teams coming off a, of a win. Um, I'm going to take Minnesota, mostly because Mike took Philly. But I'm going to take Minnesota. <laughs> I'm going to ignore that comment. I'm going to ignore that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 
Uh, Eric, how about you go next? Um, it's a tough game because I believe in both teams, believe it or not, like uh, to a certain extent. I don't think any either one are winning the Super Bowl, but uh, I think both are really, you know, good ball clubs and, you know, good, you know, good solid teams. Uh, I like Minnesota's run game more than I like the Eagles run game. Um, I like I like Minnesota's offense a little more than I like the Eagles' offense. And I mean, you guys know me; I'm a big Alabama guy, big Jalen Hurts guy. Um, but at the same time, you know, I just look at it and I think there's just more continuity and a little bit of cohesion right now with, uh, and just overall, you know, balance between run and pass better with the Vikings and there is the Eagles. That being said, it is in Philadelphia. That is a hard place to play in, mainly because the fans are just brutal. Um, but other than that, I mean, I oh, I just don't – am I wrong about this? Is Kirk Cousins – he doesn't play well in prime time, though, right? Or does he yeah. play well? I, I have a feeling that he doesn't play well, if I'm remembering correctly. I mean, I consider him mediocre, period, but you could be right on that. Dave, I'm not sure. you're going to chime in there. What were you going to say? He definitely was – he's not – I think he, in his to, his whole career, he's like 2-10 and 10 in 830 games. Yeah, so that being said, and because I'm going to go record-wise and just history-wise – Oh. Now it sounds like he's back on the toilet bowl. I know. I, I'm struggling <laughs> with this one because, again, I, my heart is telling me to pick the Vikings. My head is telling me to pick the Eagles. So they're like, well, he's 2 and 10. He doesn't play well in prime time. And then my heart's going, but you believe in – the Vikings offense more. You believe in the Vikings just a little bit more. I think the Eagles could probably score with the Vikings. So it's going to come down to, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, but that, And that's the struggle I'm going back and forth with. But you know what? Sometimes in life, you got to go with your heart instead of your head. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go against, cause it's not really a streak since he is two and 10. I'm going to say maybe he gets to three and 10 and, and I'm going to take the Vikings on the road. Okay. Dave, who you got? Um, well, the first and foremost thing I'll say is I don't have anywhere near as long winded of an answer as Eric just gave us. Uh, <laughs> love you, pal. Uh, but give me, give me Philly at home on Monday night. Sometimes I just talk when I don't know the answer yet. So I'm just like kind of working <laughs> no it in my head. No kidding. Yeah, you're buying time <laughs> to give yourself time to think. I respect it, but if I don't, it, if I did it, you know, you'd bust my job. So I, I mean, uh, yeah, a, listen, you know, listen, you got, you got to do it. You got to do it. Exactly. We would, I mean, we, could we really call ourselves friends if I didn't do that? I mean, come on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we got that. We got three from Minnesota. I am the lone one picking, picking Philadelphia. Okay. Fair enough. I'll stand on that. No, I, Mike, I just uh, Dave picked Philly. Did you pick Philly? 
Okay. Wow, that really, that actually, I'm sorry, I couldn't read my own handwriting there. That actually does say Philadelphia. Okay. I question. I wrote down Philadelphia. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to be concerned about these records. If you guys want me to send you a screenshot of my notepad, I am more than happy to do it. But God damn it, don't question the integrity of the ratings of the rankings. Whatever the fuck. <laughs> Stop picking on me. All right. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Fife, you got here last. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about tonight? Yeah, hello. Yeah, I can hear you, Mike, with Fife breaking in and out. There it is. Okay. Yeah, I can definitely. You're hear right. Some digital data. You're right. Uh, no, just. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Hello. Can you hear me? Can you yeah, hear me? Yeah. Yep. Uh, it was good. Just good to see some some passion again in the New York Giants. I mean, that's just a really fun game to watch. And I don't know if Randy Bullock has always looked like that, but man, that guy looked fat and out of shape. I didn't think he was going to hit that kick from 15 yards. Um, other than that. Uh, <laughs> You know, I was just it was just fun to watch. It's good to see Saquon. I took Saquon all over the place in the second round because of the potential. I'm hoping he can stay healthy. Um, you know, I think last year he came into the year unhealthy. And then, I mean, I don't know. It was kind of a freak accident with the ankle when he just sort of stepped on a player's foot against Dallas after the whistle. So I'm just hoping the guy can stay on, man. I took him, I took him more so not because of – you know, he's my favorite player in the league right now, but I took it more so because when you're getting a running back like that in the second round, uh, the potential's there for him to have a year like 2018. You just got to do it. Um, <coughs> you know, I was just happy to see some heart in New York. I think Dable's the, the re- real deal. I've said that to you guys. I think, um, you know, he's going to kind of set. To Eli talking to Saquon last night on the broadcast? A little bit. And I think, you know what, I think Dable is going to set sort of a, um, like a first time head coach sort of mold. I mean, if you look at the guy's career, he's worked with some very good coaches and he's worked both sides, all, all phases of the game. He's coached special teams, uh, defense, offense, you know, you're not putting a tight ends coach in as a head coach. You're not taking a special teams coach as a head coach. You're taking a guy who's been all around the football field as a, as a coach, a coordinator, whatever it may be. And I think he's sort of going to maybe set the mold for what guys look for when they hire first-time head coaches. I've thought that since they hired him, since I looked into his background. I know I was high on Flores, and I was hoping it would be Flores, but the more I looked at this guy and where he's been and what he's done, the more excited I got about him. So I'm really – I'm just happy for the future, you know. I said this earlier, too, that, you know, you, you heard me. I was down on Judge from the second they hired him. I haven't been the same way on Dable. And oh, I really yeah. thought that yeah, him yeah. coming in with the GM, the new GM coming from B- the Buffalo, they have a better rapport. They're going to come in together with a, with a better mindset. And uh, I think so far they've done that. I really liked what I saw out of the team week one. Um, to me, I think it's, it's a definite difference in this team and one that I was happy to see. Um, and not just because we won week one, but you could just tell the energy was different. The energy on the sidelines was different. With the, with the players and all, it was all just it had a different feel to it than you've had in other years and again not just because of the win but just because of like even if they didn't convert that fourth down I still think the team 
would have been just as excited and ju- wouldn't have regretted it one bit. Like they no, wanted I- to go for it. He wanted to go for it. And they fed off of that energy, but I don't think that energy would have stopped even if they wouldn't have gotten the fourth down. Like, I think there's just a different aura about the team right now. And I'm excited to see that again. I don't think they're a playoff team. I don't think they have their necessarily franchise quarterback in Daniel Jones, but at the same time, I do think that they're a better team this year than they were last year. And I think I said it, but I said it earlier, if I, there's a outside chance now I might be able to see the Giants get 10 wins. Like if they can, if they can pull off another upset or two, like they did week one and they win the other games that they're just supposed to win starting this week by beating the Panthers. Like well, listen, the team could, the team could turn it around faster. Uh, I still don't believe in Daniel Jones, but they could turn it around faster. And I just like what I saw. So that, that just throwing that out. That's why I said earlier in the show, I just wanted to, to make sure you were it as well. Oh, and with the state of what the NFC East has been, I know the Eagles are looking better, but now you got Dak out a couple of weeks. I mean, nine, as sad as it is to say, nine, ten wins could win the division. You know, and I'm, <laughs> how crazy would it be to go from two, a third and one QB sneak or whatever it was, third and ten or whatever it was on the goal line, the two QB sneaks last year to a team that, you know, and I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. Here. One thing I will say is what we saw out of Daniel Jones in the beginning of the game was – normal Daniel Jones trying to give it away team doing everything they could to fight to win the game and and our quarterback trying to give it away but the one thing that I really like to see again was from the head coach after he threw that pick to Barkley he tried to throw the ball Barkley in the end zone and uh, I think the coaches in the past have coddled this kid Uh, you know pat him on the back it's okay Daniel we'll get him next time uh, Dave went over there. He read him a, the riot act. Uh, you saw Daniel Jones say, oh, I tried to throw back shoulder and Dave lost his shit on him. And then Jones came out and I'm going to say it because I've been against him for so long that he came out and, and he played better after he got chewed. So maybe he's the type of guy that needs to get chewed once in a while and not coddled like he's been for the last three years. So it was good to see. I mean, he didn't coddle him. He chewed him out. He said back shoulder and he flipped out on him. Um, so I like seeing that, um, you know, it's a war out there and, you know, men are going to mix words and these guys either got to be able to handle it and, and respond to it or not. But, you know, can't coddle this kid. And if he's going to do anything for us in his final year here, uh, you got to get on him. So it was good to see. And another thing, the last thing I'll say is if they would have lost that game going for two, I still would have been fine with the call because this yeah. team – this team needed something like that. Their coach to show confidence in them. Things have been so bad for so long that somebody needed to show confidence in these people to be able to make plays. And the defense got off the field when the defense needed to get off the field. Wink was dialing up pressure. I mean, their their coaching staff He's showed gonna confidence. He's going to be the best defensive coordinator we've had since probably Spagnola. Well, that's, that's the I'm, thing. I'm that, just predicting it. I really think the, he's going to be very good for this defense. The coaching staff all around showed confidence in the players they put on the field, and I think that goes a long way. You know, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't pussyfoot around anything. They were aggressive. They stayed aggressive on both sides of the ball, and it was nice to see. And I'll leave it at that. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. I think with that. Does anybody have anything else about anything they would like to bring up tonight? 
No, I think we should stay off of the other uh, the entertainment stuff until Dave's caught up. Unless, mm-hmm. uh, unless you had any big opinions on that, we can let him drop off. But otherwise, I say we can hold that maybe till next week since we did go pretty long already tonight. Um, yeah, and I'd like to squeeze in an episode, of, first episode of Cobra Kai with the wife. So it's getting a little late for us over here. Can I do a Kai season five did premiere and Jess and I were planning on watching that at, at this week at some point too. Try to get as much of it in as possible. Yeah, and I actually recorded that Monarch show that was uh, promoted during, I believe, Sunday night football or Sunday. No, after Sunday afternoon. I don't know. It's called Monarch. It's about about country music. I'm not a big country guy. Eric knows that. I listen to it here and there. I guess there are a couple I like, but the show looked intriguing to me. So I recorded the premiere to see what it looks like. Hmm. But other than that, I got to get going. I appreciate you guys uh, waiting for picks for me and, and reminding me to come on. But I got to I gotta hit the road. Uh, thank you guys very much. And let's play football. Stay sweaty. All right, man. Eric Pfeiffer, Bye. ladies and gentlemen, thanks for coming on. Can I do a quick little non-spoiler review of Cobra Kai? Two shits about Cobra Kai, Mike. So if you want to do that, I'm going to hop off. I, it was going to be very quick. Yeah, I'm, I'm you, so good. Thank you. Until next right. Good night. Dave Hastings, hey, everybody. Sweetie, Have a good one, man. All right. Here's all I'm going to say. Eric, I think you'll find plenty of corn and cheese to satisfy your heart's delight. Overall, I thought it was a very good season. Uh, interesting ending. Um, my dis- I- Overall, there were things I was disappointed about in the early going of the season when it got going. I thought it was really good. Overall, I'd probably give it about 8 out of 10, maybe 7.5, somewhere in that area. I liked it, though. And like I said, plenty of corn and cheese to, for your heart's delight there. All right. Well, listen, I, I, you know, we that show is all about the cheese and the corn. Mm. So, I mean, you know, it's uh, I've, I've seen some non-spoiler reviews of it already, too. I've been very careful to not see anything spoilery. So I've been trying to keep it that way because, like I said, I do plan on watching it this week. Um, mm. have not started watching that Lord of the Rings one yet. I've, again, heard such bad things about the first episode. Kind of was like, ah, nah, put that on the back burner. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, She-Hulk and, and Game of Thrones, we guess they have to talk about with Dave because I think the next same episode of Game of Thrones is going to be the one that really is going to have everybody talking. It just seems like that from the promos and whatnot with the wedding coming up. Um, oh, I so think I mean, this could, past episode had people talking pretty good, though, wouldn't you say? Yeah, <laughs> but I think that a lot of like a lot more action. Like this week is more dialogue. I think next week's going to be more action. Yeah. Um, so, but no, I think uh, I think overall going good. But yeah, no, looking forward to Cobra Kai. Um, mm. And yeah, just hoping that uh, hoping that it's just I, not all cheese. I hope there's still a little subs, uh, a little something behind the cheese too. Um, well, I'm gonna but, be honest. Yeah. I think I think there's stuff that I like in it that you would probably consider cheese, and I'm okay with that. I'll tell you this: Chosen, I thought was really good this season. I thought, and you know this one, so I don't think the spoiler. The way they worked Mike Barnes into this, I thought was pretty perfect. There is a character in this show who is straight out of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I swear to fucking God. It's, it, she is the corniest character of the season, and you're going to know exactly who it is 
when you see her. So yeah. that's and as much all, as I'm going to. They're not even like karate anymore. They're just all like a bunch of ninjas. Like, yes. yeah, I've heard yes. that too. Yeah, no. And this one, I swear to God, she could be Rita Repulsa's sister. Like, honestly. So there's that. But um, overall, I still thought it was pretty good. And uh, for the most part, I first spoiler review once once me and Fife uh, yeah finish it up this, we'll do a full spoiler review. This, this show absolutely needs to end after the last after the next season. Like if it's six seasons, all right, fine. This show can't go any on any longer though. That's what I came out of it thinking. But uh, anyway, I think with that, if you don't have anything else, did you have anything else? No, that's it. That's all I got for you tonight. Watch some right, football I, and uh, enjoy the NFL that we're getting, I guess. And yeah, it's, that's hopefully it. the Mets. Hopefully the Mets can do better than they have been because uh, we're still doing all right. But God damn it, I'm getting I'm getting more than a little nervous right now. We're down three nothing. Even Degrom gave up three runs, so that's that's not good. But anyway, we'll get out of here for tonight. Thank you to both Dave Hastings and Eric Fife for, be, for being with us tonight. Eric, thank you for being here with me tonight. Thank you to everybody listening on all our various podcasting outlets, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. Yes, subscribe, rate, like, do all the things. We always appreciate it. Let's do final thoughts here. Eric Tressler. Thanks, 3-3, three, three, uh, middle of the sixth inning. And uh, until next week, uh, roll tide and stay sweaty. Stay sweaty, my friend. Yes. And I am Mike Aglialoro. As always, folks, thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see y'all next week.